Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. Oliver, I just looked it up on IMDb and laughed out loud at the the logline description. And I don't know, Lou, if you're going to have to bleep this, but here's the official IMDb logline. A punk-ass bitch with a heart of gold. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. I'm in. And we love when that happens. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. Okay, well, that was our pal Oliver Jones in L.A. laying everything out for me, and I so appreciate it when he does that. Hello, everybody. I'm Arch Campbell, and this is the podcast that tries to keep you up to date on the ever-changing world of entertainment. Lou Katz is producing and directing and waving his hand <laughs> in the worldwide headquarters That's of me. Katz Podcasting. That's me, waving my hands. <laughs> present and accounted for. And speaking of present and accounted for, today it's uh, such a great pleasure to visit with Peter Freeman, the <sighs> chief guru of DCOutlook.com. Peter, hello, hello. Hello, gentlemen. Great to see you Peter. all. The angry critic. No, no, no. That's just <laughs> <Angry>. misnomers. <laughs> and also with us, one of my very favorites, WTOP's entertainment wizard, Jason Fraley. Jason, whoa. Jason. Thanks for having me. Angry so, that Peter would even be called the angry critic. You know, <laughs> he's got posters of HUD and sweet smell of success behind him. So that's all right by me. How bad can I be? He's also got a skull back there. <laughs> so, well, there's lots of things to talk about. And of course, the Oscars are on our list. But first, Chris, they're ready for you. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know that it's him again. I think the event of the month award goes to the Chris Rock Netflix special and his comeback to Will Smith for uh, slapping him last year at the Oscars. And uh, did you all watch and what do you think? Um, Yeah, I I watched it live streaming on Netflix, which I guess is a whole separate thing to even talk about um, that, you know, Netflix is known sort of the streaming revolution that that's killing live TV in a way. But this time I thought it was kind of cool that Chris Rock decided to do use the streaming platform, but to go the old school live appointment viewing thing. So Uh it was kind of like, you know, marrying the best of both worlds with that. Um, Man, I don't know what you thought about it, Peter, but he did he did not hold back. You know, he kind of teased the Will Smith thing several times throughout the the uh, stand up special. He said, you know, he, he would start to say, I don't need another rapper mad at me. Uh, don't be uh, mad at me, Snoop Dogg. I don't need another rap. And he kind of built up to it. So then by the end, those last 15 minutes, those gloves came off. And man, almost to the point where, where I, I thought he almost went went a little too too hard hard at Will Smith and his wife with with the B word repeatedly. <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I was sort of in you know on Rock's side with the Oscar slap. I thought it was ridiculous uh, what Will Smith did. So uh, I thought he I thought he deserved a, a comeback moment. Peter, what do you think? Well, I'm on Will Smith's side in that one, but really <laughs> leave, leave that alone for another hour discussion. But 
to the show itself, Chris Rock to me is right up there with Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor, yeah. all time best. Um, he's 58 years old. Usually comedians just fall off a cliff by the time they get to that. And I thought he deserves credit for going back to what he used to be to gain the fame. Very risque. I thought it was mean spirited for him. Um, I thought anti woke just popped in my mind. He was just like, this is what I used to do. You guys might not accept it now. And I thought the crowd did not receive him well at all. I've watched so many oh. of his concerts. I oh. thought the applause was very, at the beginning, of course, you know, you get that Seinfeld applause, you oh, know, where you just, yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's Chris Rock. And I thought it was very modest. The camera kept going back to the same three Ooh. people who were really enjoying oh. it. And, oh. uh, you know, uh, did I find it funny? Of course. I love the Meghan Markle <laughs> stuff. Um, thought that was really good. Because she's complaining. I'm like, what the f*** is she talking about? The Oprah, they're so racist. They wanted to know how brown the baby was going to be. They're so racist. They wanted to know how brown the baby's going to be. I'm like, that's not racist. Because even black people want to know. How brown the baby going to be. Chris Rock versus Will Smith thing. It really, I thought, crossed a few lines. But that was his intention. I mean, I wouldn't want to run into Will Smith anytime soon if I were him. <laughs> but I'm sure, you know, he's thought that out. And uh, You know, I was shocked to read that uh, Chris Rock is 58 years old because he's got the energy of a, of a 28-year-old. Yeah, he uh, walks he was, the stage like a young man still. Yeah, he yeah really, but to, just, to, to Peter's point, though, um, like, so I obviously – my favorite Chris Rock special ever was is bigger and blacker. That was like when I was in like high, late middle, early high school. So I I'm a huge fan of his his past stuff, and I didn't think this was as funny as that stuff. Um, yeah. but to Pete to Peter's point, it did he did kind of come out of the gate a little bit like well, you know uh, I mean, he, showing he his you know angry curtain. boomer kind of um, <laughs> yeah you're not gonna I'm cancel me kind of and I'm angry. Yeah. Um, well, he, you could see that coming. My I made that. That whole slap thing, though, was about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. And, and uh, Chris was, just, it, you know, someone a long time ago told me a very wise thing, which is it's never about what it's about. So it's not about uh, Will Smith and Chris Rock. It's about Will Smith and his wife and, and you know, whatever is going on between them and, and uh Chris Rock just put it out there for everyone to see, and then you could make your decision. She hurt him way more than he hurt me. Because everybody knows what the f happened. Everybody that really knows that his wife was her son's friend, okay? I think that Will Smith, I don't know how he'll recover from this, or if he'll recover, or if he should recover. And he certainly... And he crossed the line by walking up on stage and slapping uh, Chris Rock in the. Now I I read somewhere that the Oscars love that that they got <laughs> oh oh we got all of this attention and oh isn't it so wonderful and you know the Oscars show this year I think is going to be the biggest dud in the history of the Oscars. Ooh. Gold carpet <laughs> notwithstanding, are you sure? <laughs> I've been saying that so. 
I don't know. There were some funny lines, like Peter said, that overall maybe he seems sort of like cranky 58-year-old, but, uh, you know, it wasn't the the vibrant, you know, at, where, where him and Chappelle were in their heyday. It was, it felt, you know, raw and electric, and now there's yeah. like a, a, it's a little, a, a little different. Um, But there were some good lines. There was like, you know, the, what, the selective outrage was the whole title, right? Will Smith practices selective outrage he's played into that a lot he was like the, the same people that that play michael jackson records but still get mad if we play kelly. r kelly <laughs> same crime one just has better songs <laughs> i mean he, he still has the the ability to shock us into laughter yeah. for sure <laughs> i read in the post uh someone who was in the audience and evidently uh you know those live shows the camera was twirling all around and distracting people and uh, the lights were in there and, and, you know, it wasn't the people in the crowd didn't get the great show that we got uh, on T, you know, sitting at home on TV. Well, so I guess long. we should say it was at Baltimore. It was in Baltimore. It was at Baltimore's yeah, yeah, Hippodrome, yeah. our local tie there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, okay. I guess we got uh, two thumbs up and one uh, kind of uh, hand wave. Am I owning that hand wave? Okay, I'll wave. <laughs> it one was other... funny but uncomfortable. <laughs> Abortion is one other years old. I mean, <laughs> one other streaming event that I want to mention before we get on to the Oscars and to the movies, and that is the the Mel Brooks History of the <laughs> World Part Two. <laughs> and and I have an idea on History of the World Part Two. I am watching it. And it is very cringeworthy. And my suggestion is if they ever do this again, they should start by saying, the following is intended for immature audiences only. Viewer <laughs> indiscretion advice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jesus. Judas. General Grant. Mary Magdalene. Princess Anastasia. Siegmund Freud. Kublai Khan. Rasputin. Amelia Earhart. Marco! And the other guy says, Polo! It's better in a pool. Hands up where I can see. Good gravy is Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman, the inventor of the bathtub? How did these dumbasses enslave us? You watching any of that? I watched, uh, and I'm not up, I'm not up to, I'm up, just finished six. Uh, what is it, eight or yeah. ten? That are, so there's two more yeah. nights or one night at least. Being a Roman Catholic, I skipped <laughs> the parts with, with Jesus. I watched, tried to watch half of one of them, and like Family Guy, I just had to skip. <laughs> That said, uh, the rest of it I thought was like really, really funny. Um, it it it's true to its the movie um, uh, in terms of you know the repeating going back to stuff. I like uh, oh my god the con the Marco Polo and the Civil Kublai War Khan, and the then Civil War. There's just they do a lot. Jesus of stuff said they, Mary Magdalene. And I looked up in the cast. There's a Mary's sister is Martha Magdalene. Oh, <laughs> it's a great cast. You, a lot of uh -huh. people from Veep. Um, you know, a lot. There's just a lot of Wanda Sykes is fantastic. There's a lot of famous faces. Um, Mel Brooks obviously carries a lot of uh, street cred, and he can get whoever he wants basically. And I think they all um, they cook very well together. Um, there's a few duds in there. The Russian Revolution's kind of up and down. Uh, there's a lot of the, the history is, you know, the last 200 years. As a Civil good Catholic, War. you missed uh, a, a, a segment on Jesus as uh, a parody of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. 
which is the soundtrack for the whole series. (laughs) Judas, yeah, Larry David. My wife and I watched the first one, um, and uh, you know, I I plan on on finishing it out. Um, Yeah, I I would say it's pretty. It's kind of hit or miss. It's like some sketches work, and if you don't like it, wait three minutes and you're on to the next one. Which I don't, I don't, which I don't know if it's good or bad because some. I almost wish that they they would have just really picked one for each episode and and gone all in on the civil war all in on on um whatever shakespeare or whatever but you know some of it's just pretty funny yeah the shakespeare although although (laughs) that was kind of like what was it something rotten was sort of the sort of borrows from that a little bit that broadway show but you know i thought i thought the lincoln stuff was pretty funny the anastasia viewing her youtube (laughs) tiktok thing was like um like oh my god they're going there kind of laugh out loud but so yeah some of the russian stuff i didn't laugh at um i don't know i so yeah it, it was it was kind of hit or miss. Was the other one? did you see the one with alexander graham bill when i no. watched i don't want to give it away but no that's I episode watched, three i just that's said good... to myself thank god gina is not in the room <laughs> <laughs> naughty with a capital n for that oh my god very funny oh, that was a good one too yeah. well i There's plan on keep, stuff in it. i plan on still you know finishing it out because there is that nostalgic every when you hear mel brooks's voice come on like you're saying the civil war like it brings you back to the, the all those old war. movies and i but i still don't know if i've seen anything as funny as the history of the world part 1 bit with with the moses the lord the lord jehovah has given unto you these 15, Oi. 10, 10 commandments for all to obey. <laughs> but there, but speaking of, there was some, uh, there was a Jesus one in that too. Remember where Judas is, he's mm. trying to give Judas a beverage. He's like the waiter at the last supper. So yeah, there. Uh. <laughs> oh, they go a lot further on this one. But, uh, oh, I, I'll, I'll prepare myself. There's a lot of good stuff. And the Russian revolution gets better. Jack Black pops into it as uh, oh. Joseph Stalin. So uh-huh. there's stuff to look forward to with that. So, material. Uh, Peter, <laughs> you saw Creed 3, which uh, has been quite successful. Creed 2 was a big surprise because Creed was pretty good. And then Creed 2 was, wow, it was like really good. Yeah. Uh, three this hums on. along. It's, you know, spoiler alert, there's no Sylvester Stallone. So he, Michael Jordan's got the reins and he's retired. Um, so he, it's following the, the Rocky uh, plot lines, the later ones. Um, wow. Jordan also wow. directs it. So he's again doing the, the Sylvester Stallone thing. It's, he's a wonderful, he's like so charismatic and uh, he, he can carry a movie just on that alone. The boxing stuff isn't so great. But the story actually is really good. It's a very good story. I gave it a solid B. Um, A couple of, you know, dream on kind of things in terms of what happens later in the movie that's just a little too far-fetched for me. But, and it's very entertaining, fun, um, you know, a good movie to see. No rock, no Sylvester Stallone though. So just, yeah, well, what? It, I it mean, finally happened a Rocky movie with without Rocky, right? That's kind of kind of sad. But but if you if you remember back to uh, the Rocky three, so this is Creed three. 
But in Rocky Three, uh, Stallone had to go without Mickey. Remember, Mickey dies and yeah. he has to win well, without him. One so... by one in the in that series, with each one, it's <laughs> yeah. like, whoa, no Adrian, no, everyone's gone. Right, they exactly. literally die off. <laughs> and instead of instead of Mister T, we it's Jonathan Majors as like a childhood friend who went away to prison and now is yeah. is back and feels like Michael B. Jordan's Adonis has been living out life without him. Um, but yeah, Rocky Three and Creed three like uh th those three goals are sort of pivotal pivotal in this oh. franchise everyone forgets that eye of the tiger has become so synonymous with this exactly. franchise but it didn't yeah. start till the third one so and majors oh. is really good in that movie he's uh he's actually five years younger than jordan and he's playing a guy who's probably five to ten years older than him and he looks it but it's uh he's he's one of those stars on the rise kind of guys i think and what about cocaine bear? <laughs> where <laughs> where a, will cocaine bear land in the canon of film history? Somewhere between Tony Montana and Grizzly Man, I guess. I don't, I don't know where it will fall. I I still haven't seen it yet, Peter. Have you? Oh, I, I'm interested. Oh yeah, I I saw it. I was hopeful and and turned away, uh, walked away disappointed. Um, I, I went in hoping for Piranha 3D, if you guys remember that, one, <laughs> where it's just like gory violence, but so over the top that you laugh. Uh, this one's kind of like Jaws with hillbillies, and uh, it, it's very violent in, in parts and very slow, uh, and then goes right back to very violent for quick. The bear is really cool, but, you know, he kind of comes and goes. Um, uh, there's some humor, but overall, I just thought it was just, Mm. Well, they had not worth buying bear. for <laughs> they had trouble bear. With the bear because he has a cocaine problem. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't forced upon him if you think. But um, uh, <laughs> yeah, the one, the one uh, that was uh, harassing DiCaprio in The Revenant was more oh. well trained, I uh, guess, but it didn't have the cocaine. Hey, there's the sequel yeah, right well. there. They fight each other. Well, no, you have to get him out of the bear. Cocaine, been but... sober a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean, I remember Oliver saying Jones saying that on the last podcast, but that um yeah, that it feel that it seems like it's one of those that, you know, is gonna open well, like opening weekend box office kind of a thing, but that's more based on like marketing than the actual quality of the movie itself. And then when word gets around, it sounds like you're saying, Peter, that um I think it really is in the same league as snakes on the plane. Yeah. But that Chardonnay was oh, I love snakes. Snakes on the plane was fun. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> Better not mess with that one, or <laughs> I just <laughs> so uh, shall we go on to the Oscars? What are you both expecting? <laughs> well, Jason, please. You want me to go first? Nobody. I mean, yeah, I'm, I might not even watch, but that way, um, well, I mean. It seems like everything, everywhere, all at once is winning everything, everywhere, all at once. Like it won at the Directors Guild, the Producers Guild, SAG, you know, the Actors Guild. It won at W, the Writers Guild, over most recently. So, like, I mean, anyone predicting? I mean, we all we have to we have to say that that's probably going to win, right? You have to. But so, like, and I know I know Arch's feelings on this movie. He's <laughs> he hates it. Um, I I had it like you know towards I had it in my top ten list but not near the top I mean because like on the one hand like I admire these these directors that are just going for it swinging for the fences throwing everything every wild idea out like but I but on the other hand like I worry 
that like, you know, future filmmakers are going to learn the wrong lessons from this, like quantity over quality kind of a thing. Less talented ones too. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, and it even almost has sort of like a Marvel um, sheen to the whole rapid pace. It, it's sort of it, it, if if you're of the mindset that, you know, today's generation is, uh, you know, short attention span society. This movie is like the textbook example of that. <laughs> so it's very possible that, you know, I mean, yes, everything everywhere it went. It's winning everything. So that's my prediction. But it's I don't know. There's still some part of me that thinks that older members of the Academy we're going to look for there could be maybe wanting to do a more traditional alternative, you know, with the preferential ballot, the ranked voting or whatever. Maybe some will just absolutely hate everything everywhere and put it last. Um, so but I don't what do you guys think that traditional alternative would be if there is an upset? Would it be uh, Fableman's or Top Gun or all quiet? I think on what, Top Gun, or? actually, I think the old people might uh, go for Top Gun. Wow. Because it was the one movie that got a, a, a broad demographic. It got kids and old people. Yeah, you had Spielberg go up to Tom Cruise at whatever that event was, and he got, yeah. got caught on viral video camera saying, thank you, you saved Hollywood's butt yeah. by, by releasing right. Ma Top Gun Maverick. But yeah, I don't know. So like everyone, yeah, I mean, that's what that would be like the smart pick, everything everywhere. But there it is... I don't know. It's this oddly polarizing movie. Whereas I don't even know how you say it. Like, so last year, like it, last year, it was like Power of the Dog and Coda were like the polar opposites, right? It was, and, right. and they gave director to this really slower paced but artfully symbolic. You know, you can go back and watch it again. The, the, as he's twine, tying the rope up, there's like multiple things what you think's happening, what's actually happening. So there's like, they give director to Campion for the symbolism, and then we go with Coda because it's sort of you know, a well-rounded, feel-good kind of a thing uh, right. for Best Picture. Whereas here, um, I don't know, like it, everything everywhere is kind it's of it's clever, it's the but most it's clever not exactly movie in the, of the group, right? But it's more pol it's definitely more polarizing than a Coda, so it'd be an interesting pick. And politically correctness, of course, comes into it as well. Um, is it? I love that you put Top Gun in your top ten. By the way, Jason. Uh, cheers. Oh yeah. Um, but Triangle Sadness, Top Gun were my top two movies. Uh, neither one has a chance in heck uh, of winning. It's everything, everywhere is foregone conclusion to win. And to be honest, the, the rest of the the top ten or whatever it is that are in there are, are aren't very good. They're really not. There's Avatar. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front is on the wrong side of the ocean, so it's it's not going to get it. Um, so I think you're right. It's it's Elvis. No. Elvis is the worst thing Tom Hanks ever did. <laughs> Tar, yeah. people are uh, coming out of Tar saying they didn't like it. I but mean, they love Blanchette. I loved, I loved Tar. I thought it was very, like a very fascinating oh, movie. Watched, but, I, I want to watch Tar again. Yeah. But, to your, point, but to your point, Arch, and but I also love you know Banshees as well. But like both of those movies, Banshees and Tar, are movies mm. that like, you have to recommend with a disclaimer, where you're like, "Hey, I loved it, but I know for a fact this isn't going to be for everybody." Right. <laughs> women talking. I think you'd have to recommend that with a disclaimer. You have to yeah. and you have to be. It has great meaning to uh, uh, women, but uh, uh, as a film, it's. Uh, well, you know, it's difficult. Yeah, I think I think that one could win for for um, 
Sarah Polly in the adapted screenplay category, but sure, like, but to sure. your part, point, Arch, it's not a traditional best picture vehicle because it is quote women talking. It's it's uh it's a lot of dialogue. But I, I also I thought a very fascinating movie from a film critic's perspective. So yeah, we're see we're sort of seeing that divide of you know critic movies versus mainstream movies, and I guess the Oscars it's are the trying closest to get... thing to a play that wasn't a play. That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's a very you know, it's di- like dialogue a stage heavy. Play. Yeah, yeah. But, but the dialogue was riveting. I thought. So it's a whale. Think, oh, if you yeah. think about it, I mean, that's like yeah. a like a like a play. one room kind of a movie, yeah. and it's got the yeah. best actor. Uh, now the whale sure. actually was a stage play, right? Uh, so what do you think about the actor for the whale? No, I just said it. It's Frazier's. Yeah, and and even though I wasn't fond of the movie per se, um, although on the second time it gets a little better, um, but you can't take anything i mean frazier that's one of those it's a physical transformation it's heartfelt um uh, that's it he's one you know i'd really like to see uh, austin butler get him uh. for elvis <laughs> no. guys i i honestly between those two i it is like a really it's really hard to predict for me this year usually mm-hmm. like there's like a front runner and you're like okay that's gonna be it but um, because you would think early on, it seemed like Austin Butler, I guess he won, you know, at the Globes and everything. You, you, it just seemed like he yeah, was going to be yeah. be the one Um, similar to what was it when Rami Malek won for as Freddie Mercury in yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah. So it seemed like it was going down that that lane. But then uh, Malek won at the SAG Awards and Butler didn't. That Brendan Fraser came in and, and won for The Whale, this great, you know, yeah. comeback story for a fan favorite like Brendan Fraser. So now I'm sitting here thinking, well, who the hell, who the hell is it going to be? But um, that's the momentum from the SAGs. Yeah, exactly. really does seem to ring true that it's the most recent big one. And yeah, so it carries over. Yeah, so, so Fraser has that momentum, like you're saying, off of SAG. Yeah. But then as I do my insane mental calculations um the whale isn't up for best picture um elvis elvis is and 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 elvis has more nominations you know down down the ballot and so does that you know which which does line up more with bohemian rhapsody so if if you're trying to like crunch on these numbers i don't i don't know which one which one to pick um it's to me it might it might be butler because he did the transformation I, i i don't know i've gone back and forth so many times i guess maybe i'll go butler finally uh, you know, I think the smart bet is is Frazier. Yeah, he's gonna. You know, and uh, Peter was with me when I watched the whale and knows that I wanted to leave after fifteen minutes. Yeah, I just it, hate it's it. It's a heavy. No pun intended. It's a heavy movie. It's yes, it's heavy. Well, it's, he's he's remarkable. He deserves it. I don't think I thought Butler was great in the second half of Elvis, and I thought the first half not so much. And I understand there's a transformation where he he becomes Elvis on stage, and you really buy into it, but it's not as good, I don't think, as Frazier's. And I don't think it's going to be the most controversial or the most hard to figure out award because Best Actress is you know the two horse race. I think that's going to be the biggest one of the night. Yeah, and I don't think uh, I think it's going to go with uh, a Michelle Yeoh. I think it's that that everything is going to win everything. <laughs> and so that that's the next thing I'm thinking about. Uh, where are the Oscars as a TV show and an event now? Where, what do you think? Where are we? Because uh, this year, 
there's really no surprise and there's no movie that everybody loves. So what are they doing? <laughs> yeah, I think um I mean rate, ratings have definitely been been falling and I, I really think that what we're gonna see is I, I don't think they're ever gonna go away entirely, but I think you're it might like pivot to like a streaming service where it becomes more of a niche thing eventually. Um we just saw what was it, SAG just was on um Netflix's YouTube channel this year. Oh, and, and it's gonna actually last minute. Yeah. Yeah. And it's gonna go to Netflix proper, I think, um, going forward next starting next year. So I'm curious if if um, you know, the Oscars and, and every other award show will will kind of do that, or maybe like simulcast like NBC, but also Hulu. I don't know, something like because I just feel like mainstream audiences are 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 tuning out like in droves. We're never gonna get back to that high water mark of you know when when Titanic was there. Um, because you know, mm-hmm. it, I sort of miss. I don't know how you feel, Peter, but I miss when um when the top grossing movies of the year were actually the artfully made movies that that won Best Picture. Um, you know, maybe maybe they weren't the the super gutsy experimental ones that we look back in hindsight and say, maybe they should have won, but at least they were like mainstream well-made movies. Now it's like a million sequels. And so I understand why I understand why, you know, an Academy voter might might not want to reward, you know, something that's not original. They might go with an everything everywhere um, over an avatar too, or a Maverick or, you know what I mean? And think about avatar, how much money it made. You would think top 10 of all time. And, I did not care for it too much. No one talks about it, but everyone seemed to have seen mm-hmm. it. And that normally would carry over as like, oh, that's a big movie. Let's watch the Oscars. And not a peep about Avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, though, the Oscars is still magical. I think it's not just an award show. It is, along with the Super Bowl, I think it's that live experience that, you know, still resonates with the world. So, um if it's going to go to streaming, I'm not, and I don't think so. But if they shorten the thing, how long is it going to be this year? Ended by 11, and people, you know, that would be great. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, everybody is saying, why can't it end at 11 o'clock? Mm-hmm. And they just stubbornly refuse. In fact, I think this year, they're putting back a lot of those awards they took out last year. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't seem to make up their mind. Last year it was, we're going to have a, a shorter show and uh, we're not going to give all the awards on the air. You're just going to have to get some of them off the air during the commercial break and you're just going to have to be satisfied with that. This year, okay, well, we, we've changed our mind on that and uh, and maybe uh, there'll be less time for uh, Will Smith to get up and slap Chris Rock. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> to, uh, or more time it. in there for their hope. They, they love that. <laughs> As you said earlier, you know, or or for the accountant to uh, be taking selfies and to hand the wrong envelope. (laughs) Centers. I mean, are we supposed to watch to see how they screw up this year? (laughs) Well, Well, maybe they won't screw up. Yeah, (laughs) Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel is hosting again, and he was there during the whole Oscar envelope gaffe um, that I was covering backstage. That was insanity. Um, But yeah, like you were there, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It was one of the years that I I covered, and you oh, know they man. so they they say best picture La La Land, and we're all starting to fi- we're already filing our stuff, and then uh-huh. and then it and then it just changes on a dime, and it that was I I I even think that was almost more shocking than the Will Smith thing in a way. I I, I don't know. Oh, actually. I agree. Those are <laughs> the yeah. two all timers in within a span of like five years. 
But man, I mean, it, it was incredible. But yeah, I mean, speaking of like the host and stuff, and to your point, like, I don't think all these little changes of we're going to change a host is going to matter or we're going to show these five categories before the show is going to matter. Like, I really think it's more of like societal forces of technology changing. Like if you took, if you took NFL out of network TV, the whole thing would collapse. Like the Super Bowl is everything. So I just, I don't know. I think the, I guess what I'm saying is I think the demise of the Oscars is, is greatly exaggerated. It's not like it's such a horribly produced show. I think people are just, you know, MASH did 106 million viewer, viewers or whatever in its finale and Game of Thrones gets like 20 million. It's just, And it's not like TV's any worse. It's better in a lot of ways. We're in a golden age, but we're just, think times have changed so much with how we were splintered as our viewing habits. Splintered, excellent work. It's time to take a break for Hound Radio because they are the splinter that makes this thing possible. <laughs> and Lou Katz. Where are my tweezers? <laughs> Take it away. Well, you know, I'm not sure if a lot of our of our podcast listeners are aware of this, but when when Peter is not busy watching movies and doing podcasts, he's busy with Cleveland Park Valet. <laughs> and here's a nice little freebie plug for you, Peter. Check it out. It's another Hound Radio mini plug. Connecting you with other members of our Hound Radio family. Cleveland Park Valet in Northwest D.C. is where Peter Freeman and staff enjoy our best breeds of music via their iPhone and Bluetooth speaker. Thanks, Cleveland Park Valet, for pressing those pants while listening to Hound Radio. I keep waiting for your pants, or hang them up (laughs) in the front. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I saw the Perry Mason thing that's streaming on HBO, and I really like it. It's that film noir again, you know, L.A. and the 30s. We could take down some of the biggest names in this city, but nobody is telling me the truth. If it's L.A. and the 30s, I'm there. I mean, I, I did see Marlowe and didn't like it, but I like this Perry Mason, so I hope that's that's good. Um, can we talk about Tom Sizemore very quickly? Mm. He passed away uh, in his early 60s. I had so many great uh, movie roles, especially um, in uh, he was in Saving Private Ryan, wasn't he? Yeah, he was he was, he was the guy who uh, I always loved. He he would scoop dirt up from everywhere that he served and put them in those little uh-huh. tin cans and would label it, you know, Normandy or, or France or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, it was that was really cool. Uh, that, yeah. I mean, what? That, and but and and I know lots of controversy in his personal life, but I mean those movies, if you True Romance and Natural Born Killers and Heat and um, Black Hawk, oh, yeah. Black yeah. Hawk Down, yeah. Pearl, Pearl wow. Harbor, he was he, seemed like he was in everything he, for for a ten year stretch there. I think he was probably not the guy you would approach to ask for an autograph. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd probably deck you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, his his career was overshadowed, unfortunately, by you know drugs and alcohol and yeah. and the whole Heidi Fleiss thing. It's hard to get away from that, you know, unless you're making a movie or two in between all of that. But it seemed it was just a tidal wave of that bad luck and bad decisions. What shall we recommend for the weekend? Uh, this is Oscar weekend. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> You know, I'm so sad about this. It's Oscar weekend, and I'm really just not excited. 
Arch, I'll try to bring the enthusiasm for all of us because, dang it, it's still Oscar weekend, baby. You never know what could happen. <laughs> there, there could be some – there's several categories, you know. Can, can, will, will it be Angela Bassett or Jamie Lee Curtis or is Carrie Condon going to shock? You know, like there's there's certain categories, best actor, best actor. Who knows? Who knows? There, there could be some I surprises. think it's going to be Jamie Lee Curtis. I think she's going to be one of the big headlines. People yeah. love her. People know that I never saw this coming. And so because of that, they know that my joy is real. And, and I'm not saying that other people's joy isn't real, but for somebody who's been around for as long as I have, yes. to have this happen is joyous and I'm not gonna waste one second posturing. I'm just leaning into the whole thing. I'm still gonna Plus watch, I'm gonna be excited. I'm gonna be fired up, I, you know? Cause it's, it's, it's the next data point in our, our timeline of Oscar history here. You know what I mean? So, right. um, but I, I guess I'll recommend shrinking uh, in terms of a Friday oh, watch. And shrinking, then, um, gosh, that show is good. Apple, <laughs> I love it. On Apple. And Peter, what do, you, what do you what do you recommend? Well, this? I mean, you remember the old days, Oscar weekend meant no new movies, but mm -hmm. um, Champions comes out this weekend with Woody Harrelson and yeah. Scream Six, which was really good. Um, so if you yeah. want to go to movies on the weekend, why not? And uh, uh, TV Poker Face. I know it's not Terry. Mason, you know, I've I've, I've I like Columbo, Poker but, Face. I'm, yeah, you know, fun. I'm I'm in on that. Yeah. Well, speaking and, of scream, it's been a scream to have both of you on this show. <laughs> Peter Freeman of DC Outlook, I love your website, and Jason Fraley, WTOP, it's always such a great pleasure. Lou Katz, thank you for uh, your great producing and directing. Hey, Arch, you know I love doing this for you. Now, looking ahead, our next podcast will be a recap of the Oscars. We hope you'll join us. Take care, and thanks so much for listening. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.